Welcome back to Caught Monologuing. I'm Ryan Kunzer. And I'm Errol Koenig. The one and only. Yes. We're back again, dear listeners, mm-hmm. to bring you a blockbuster bonanza. Yeah, also, human listeners, not just deer. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be Bambi to listen to this podcast. Um, you were saying, Ryan, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you missed us, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, but yes, Errol and I have both watched three summer blockbusters in this past week yes um and so we're going to talk about incredibles 2 mm-hmm. oceans 8 and jurassic world fallen kingdom and then that's going to lead us into a discussion about the upcoming summer blockbusters because i know that it feels like we've had so many big movies already but there's still half of the summer to go i would say even more for me summer blockbusters doesn't really start until june and I think Marvel has started creeping earlier and earlier because, yeah. you know, Avengers was in May. But on top of that, we got uh, Black Panther in February. So, yeah, we've been spoiled so far this year. Yep. We're bringing a lot more good stuff uh, this summer and we're going to talk all about it. Um, but first, let's get into Incredibles. Yeah. Two. Incredibles 2. Yeah, because it too was incredible. It, yes, very yes. much so. Also, spoiler horn for this question mark. Um, yeah, yes, we can we can do full spoilers on all three. Okay. Um, I'll make sure to make a note. Um, in the the thingy, uh, in yeah. the description that says when we're done talking about the movies, so you can listen to our discussion of the movies we have yet to see. Yes. Um, but full spoilers on all all of these. All right. So, yeah. Well, full spoilers. Really good movie. So good. Yes. I mean, that wasn't a spoiler. <laughs> People knew that. You know, they knew that 14 years ago. That's true. Before it even came out. Yeah. Right after the first one. But, yeah. The thing that I found very weird and kind of put me off my game before mm-hmm. the movie even started was they had that, like, little video not the Pixar short, but the thing before it, where they had like the actors, oh, like yeah. apologizing for, for the movie taking being fourteen late? years. Yeah, that yeah. felt weird. I, it's a thing that they've done a couple times in the past, uh, before you know their movies where they have like the actors come out and do some short before the movie and before um, the short happens mm-hmm. I, I remember there's something before coco like before even um the frozen short because that's what came before coco yeah i remember there's a little something for coco like about i guess the connection to i think it was i think it, the thing that they did was about its uh, connection to mexican culture yeah um and they did that and that's i'm not complaining and i think they just did it again for this one yeah i think it's just more to signal to the audience that this is the start you know don't be in trailer mode for the short. Like, get in your seats. Make sure your popcorn's already ready. Yeah. And, uh, you know. No, I. it's not that the they had the actors, you know, do a message or something. But it was just that Pixar was apologizing. That yeah. kind of threw me off. I mean, it's... Incredibles 2, I think, is the most requested sequel like i mean yeah ever but 
but I want I don't know I don't want them to apologize for it because that makes it feel like they're not happy with it I I think they apologized for it taking too long the way I took it uh-huh. was it took them so long and they weren't happy with it mm-hmm. and now that they have it and it's ready to go and they have the story and they have everything they want uh, in this movie it's finally ready it's finally the perfect movie that they want to give audiences mm-hmm. and now they're going to give it to us yeah so I viewed it definitely more optimistic, um, but yeah, that's again just again because I am a very optimistic person who views all things Pixar more optimistic than I probably should. So yeah, all right. But yeah, it it it, it didn't. Uh, I guess didn't take you out of it. Didn't take me out of it too much. Like it was there. It's like oh okay, this is a thing that's happening. And then they went into the short. Yeah. Um, bow, which yes, is which. You know, you were not with us when we saw this, but all yes. four of us were crying during that one. Yeah, it's, of course. Yeah, it's, of course. It's it's a really well made short, um, you know, about a uh, an Asian mother mm-hmm. who uh, makes a little, a little dumpling child. Yeah, or, or a bow child. That's the mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's what she made. That's the name of the short bow, um, and. Yeah, it's about uh, her making that and then the dumpling child growing up and becoming an adult and then leaving. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then getting eaten. And then, well, yes. So it, <laughs> when it's leaving and going off to be with its, I guess, girlfriend, Yeah. Uh, the mom gets upset and eats it. And at that point, I was confused and shocked. I was very shocked. Yeah, because like, this was her child and it's... I wasn't entirely sure what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turned out that this was all in her head and this was just her putting, or this was her, I guess, placing her son, her real son, yeah, uh, I guess, in, into food form in her imagination, trying to relive it, but hoping it would be better and it doesn't. And But like, yeah. Yeah. So it's sad, but the son then comes to visit mm-hmm. the mom, and the the mom, you know, is still upset that he left, but he brings a box of, you know, barbecue pork buns, and those are so good. <laughs> They're so good. They would bring anyone together, uh, and I think they, uh, in definitely in, in the short, they did. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. So, but it was, it, it was really good, and also, uh, it's the first. Um, Pixar short mm-hmm. uh, directed uh, by a female. Really? Yeah. Uh, Dami Shi uh, was the director of it. Mm-hmm. She did a great job. And like she's, I guess, one of the rising stars at Pixar, clearly, because she, uh, she did this, and I believe she's also working on some features. I don't think it's been – nothing's been announced yet. Yeah. Um, but I believe that's what she's been doing. Cool. Since Bao. And she did a good job, and it fits perfectly with Pixar and oh, yeah. what they do. So that's awesome for her. And, uh, yeah, great short. Um, so get if you didn't see it and you saw Incredibles, go see Incredibles again, because why not? And then yeah. show up on time. <laughs> <laughs> because it's worth it. It's worth it. This is a great short. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about the Incredibles. Yeah, let's so. get to the actual so. <laughs> Yeah. The actual movie. 
It was great. Uh, and it started right where the first one left off. Like, yes. the, the exact the... second. Yes. The Underminer coming to ruin the day and steal a bank. Mm-hmm. and uh, The entire bank. The entire bank. Yeah. Well, he he just misplaced the bank. It took all the money. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We don't need to go into the logistics of how the Underminer stole money from a bank, even though it was... I'd say it was a logically flawed plan. Very. But we don't need to get into it because I was just so excited Yeah, to have the Incredibles back. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was... Uh, it was it was awesome to see uh, all of that. It was also fun because the way they showed it, instead of just showing the scene, they showed it through the eyes of Tony Reidinger. Yeah, Violet's um, I guess crush. Yeah, uh, almost boyfriend, but they were going to have a they're going to have a date. Uh, but he saw Violet, uh, who was put on babysitting duty with Jack Jack, and she was not happy. Threw mm-hmm. her mask to the ground and, you know, was found out. Yeah. Um, and that caused uh, Tony to get taken into the bureau and get his mind erased. Yeah. Uh, but pretty much the point of all that, I think that was a really interesting and fun way to set up the movie. It was. Um, rather than just starting with an action scene, uh, I mean, which is cool, they made it, I guess, more interesting. Yeah. Adds, adds the personality to it. Yeah. Rather than just fighting mm-hmm. a mole guy yeah they had the action scene but then you know, it was also a way to you know, reintroduce you know remind people that who this the characters is someone... were exactly yeah. yeah and you get a f- feeling of the family dynamic again mm-hmm. uh you know because it has been a while uh if you haven't watched incredible since it was released that's been 14 years yeah but uh i have a feeling a lot of people have watched it mm-hmm. multiple times uh, and we're very excited to see this movie because uh, it is the largest animated gross, uh, grossing uh, domestically open. Let me say that again because <laughs> that was a lot of words that I said really quickly and not in the right order. Yeah. It is the largest domestic opening for an animated feature film Woo. of all time. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone is seeing I think it made $180 million its opening weekend, which is a lot. Wow. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot, Ryan. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's it's a lot. So it's um, almost as much as that rich guy spent on that house the Incredibles moved into. Almost. Yeah. Almost. It was a very fancy house. It was. I'm very jealous. Lots of water. Yeah. They could go swimming anywhere they wanted to. Unintentionally. Yes. As well. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, so I feel like we probably shouldn't just go in order of the plot because that would take forever. And because we both love this movie, yeah. it's just going to be mentioning scene and this scene was great, but we wouldn't leave out any of the scenes because they were all great. All great. Yeah. Um, I think probably the way to do it to keep this brief, because we also have two other movies to talk about <laughs> uh, and we're uh, doing uh, a special, I guess, way to introduce the rest of the summer movies. Yep. So I think let's any highlights what's your favorite what was your favorite part of the movie let's do let's do that uh ooh ooh i really should have prepared that for that question I, well, what, what was your favorite part give me a second see i'm with you uh-huh cuz it it's hard because every part was so great yeah it's hard to pick a favorite but um i really loved uh 
I think probably my favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually, I'll, I'll say my two favorite scenes in the movie. My favorites, uh, the first one, uh, is when uh, Lucius or Frozone comes over to the house. Oh, yeah. And Bob is a mess, mm-hmm. and he's you know not shaven, and his hair is not great. Yeah. Um, he's barely keeping things together, mm-hmm. and he's trying to keep track of Jack Jack, and you know. Lucius comes over and he's <laughs> he's like, "How bad can it be?" And then he sees it and it's it's just it's really funny. Yeah. And Jack Jack stole the show in this movie. Oh yeah. I mean, like in the last movie, I would say, I guess what happened with Kim and Kari was yeah, it was funny. It was a very good part of the movie. Mm-hmm. In this movie, he, Jack Jack scenes were like yeah, were great. Like every time. It was a Jack Jack scene. Yeah, I think I was cracking up. Which reminds me of what my favorite part of the movie was: Jack Jack and Edna walking down the hallway. Uh, yeah, Jack Jack with the lollipop, and you know his after twenty four hours has yeah. his signing code. That was my second one: uh, the stuff with Edna, <laughs> yes. Jack Jack, which was just so great because I love Edna mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like in the in the first movie, she might have been more, I guess iconic Edna but again also this movie hasn't had the same time to breathe yeah I don't think she had a no capes line in this movie yeah at least not off the top of my head fire it means fire Roger or Bob yeah it's like maybe yeah like I I hear what you're saying it was Mm -hmm. a good line and I laughed yeah I just I don't think it has the no capes resonance Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it will it's you know it's only been what two weeks a week week and a half yeah um so yeah uh it's but i think just her role was a little bit bigger and i think just every second she was on the screen was hilarious oh yeah her interacting with jack jack um just her interacting with bob it was just edna mode stole the movie again yeah when jack jack wasn't stealing it and they stole it together it was really a team effort yeah on uh, their part my my little sister's favorite part of the movie was the scene with jack jack and the raccoon mm-hmm. where we guess first got to see his powers yeah um that was also another great scene uh it's, it's yeah i mean like that the thing is like when they made that scene and i guess the disney toy people saw it's like this is the scene that little kids are going to love and oh, yeah. want to i guess emulate so of course they include the raccoon and all the toys and all the promos (laughs) and kind of makes sense it kind of works yeah so that's yeah that scene felt a little like fan service to me but not even in a bad way like it felt like jack jack attack uh that's right it did feel a little bit separate from the rest of the movie yeah um in that it was just the movie's happening then this one fun outdoor scene happened Mm -hmm. i was kind of hoping that the raccoon well, so I was hoping the raccoon would have a bigger role, but more importantly, <laughs> when I first saw the raccoon, I guess in the promo art for this movie before the trailer even, yeah, I had a theory that is very wrong. But uh-huh. I kind of thought the raccoon was going to become a superhero too. Oh, that'd be cool. I thought that would have been the the other new member of the team, and I thought throughout the movie it would have been Jack Jack versus the raccoon, which wasn't. Mm-hmm. case it was just that one scene but again 
it, it I was fine. I'm fine with how the how it shaped out because it was a great movie, regardless. Yeah, I think maybe in the next movie they're actually gonna get superpowers. Then I'd be right, <laughs> and when I'm right and I get to watch good movies, I'm happy. But yeah, yeah, I'm not complaining. It was it, it's something that little that the little uh, kid inside of me wanted to see happen just because it'd be fun. Yeah, to see a animal superhero. But I think that's mm-hmm. we have to wait another 14 years for that. Yeah. So the, the other thing that I noted was that this movie very much like they purposely picked like a simple straightforward plot so that it could focus on the characters and the and family the fam- relationship because yeah. that was what made the Incredibles great mm-hmm. you know, much more than the action sequences um, yeah 100% yeah so you know even if I mean I assumed you could also figure out pretty quickly what the, the twist was going to be. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because in all of, I guess, the promos and stuff, mm-hmm. you're watching, you think, oh, the twist is going to clearly be that uh, uh, Windever, uh, Windever uh, is the bad guy. Yeah. He's, he's the, you know, he's trying to help them and then he's going to be the bad one. Yeah. And then the second the movie started, it was... Or, well, the second she was introduced, it was like, oh, okay. Oh, it's the sister who's been shunted to the side into the... Yeah, but not even that. I just felt like Wynn's too stupid. That too. Yeah. Also, I really enjoy their names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mainly because uh, Evelyn Dever. Mm-hmm. Let me say that fast. <laughs> Evil Endeavor. Yeah. <laughs> they were doing an Endeavor... Which is that's a thing you don't really say you're doing an endeavor, but it's an that's a, a yeah, you get what I'm saying. And then evil, <laughs> Evelyn, yeah, evil endeavor. It's you know it's is right there. Yeah, it's right there. I didn't think about that until the second time I saw the movie, um, and it was <laughs> that's great. I did not notice happy. that. I picked up on uh, Windever, the yeah, the endeavor from Wind the first time around. The evil endeavor. It's that was. Smack me across the face the second time. <laughs> I was like, oh, how did I not see that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was cool. Any other finishing thoughts? Uh, I want to talk about, or I don't even necessarily want to talk about it more. I just want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, the twist was a little predictable, but fine. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it worked with the story. It wasn't distractingly predictable. Yeah. That makes sense. Sometimes the twist is, you know, you see coming and it's, you know, it's like, oh, well, everyone saw that. Okay, whatever. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the end of it now. Because the, the, like, hook of the movie didn't depend on the twist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it didn't matter. There was enough other stuff going on that a uh, subpar twist wouldn't, yeah, because it wouldn't hurt it. Um, what else? I mean, Edna's the best, Jack-Jack's the best. Okay, actually, here here's something we can talk about. Um, yeah. Incredibles three. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What do you think is going to happen? Do you have any ideas? Anything you'd like to see happen? I don't know. I mean, I would like to have you know the the quick one liner between Frozone and his wife again, but this time have it not be in the trailer, so I don't know it beforehand. Yeah. But... Because it, it, I mean, it was a good one, but it was just. A very quick line just in the movie yeah like it worked and it was great and actually i'm kind of happy it was in the trailer because it, it it made it a bigger deal mm-hmm. than it was because in the actual movie it wasn't that big of a deal 
it was a line. It was a good line. It was a funny line that got yeah. a laugh, but it mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily the um a, the greater good quote from the first. I think yeah. this one, the second movie, wasn't quite as quotable. I think that yeah, that's one of the big differences. It's not as quotable. It it was just as funny and all that stuff, but I don't think the quotes are as strong. Yeah. Well, also, again, it's been a week and a half. <laughs> There's a chance that some of these things stick that I didn't. I wouldn't expect mm-hmm. would stick, but or that I don't expect would stick. But we'll see. That's time will tell. Yeah, on that stuff. Um, yeah. Well, right. So what I would want to see in the yeah. next one. So in Incredibles one, mm-hmm. uh, Bob runs off and uh, Helen stays back. Yeah. It's also it's I I find it nice that I call these characters by their names, not their super names. <laughs> Because uh, yeah. I could easily say Mr. Incredible runs off and Elastigirl stays back with the kids. Mm-hmm. And then the second one uh, has Elastigirl running off and then Mr. Incredible stays with the kids or Helen runs off and Bob, whatever. Yeah. So I'm thinking for the next one, uh huh, it would have to be a situation where I would think Violet runs off. Yeah. The kids go off to college? I mean, maybe not that fast because I think keeping these kids at this age is kind of the sweet spot uh-huh because jack jack being a baby is true yeah is the best and dash is the age where the little, the little boys that go to see this movie mm-hmm. will relate to, to dash yeah i think so i might be going a little too crazy here uh-huh. but wouldn't it be interesting if violet was the villain of Incredibles three, oh, that'd be good. She'd make a good villain. Like yeah, because a moody, angsty teenager in high school. Yeah, there's enough stuff to play with that could easily translate into a misunderstood villain. Of course, with I guess the family stuff in Incredibles, she obviously wouldn't stay a villain. Yeah, maybe she gets pissed off and goes to anger. Maybe she gets into like a Dark Phoenix type story arc. Mm-hmm. In you know the next movie, I think it'd be interesting to see kind of go off the rails a little bit because we got to see her get a little crazy yeah in the first movie she was like super reserved yeah she finally started opening up showed a little bit of craziness in this movie mm-hmm. i think in the next one you could i think maybe at this point she's with like dating tony yeah they're happy and then the superpowers or something messes with that yeah. and she goes a little too far i think that'd be cool that would be cool the other way to take that might be, you know, the, as the other supers emerge from hiding. Yeah. Uh, you know, there will be other teenage age ones uh, looking for, mm. for guidance, kind of like Void was. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, them, maybe not like a school, but, you know, them turning to Elastigirl and Mr. Incredible and these established superheroes. Almost a sky high. That kind of thing. might have been the exact thing I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, it's the reason why, I mean, that's because Sky High already did it is the reason why I'd be a little bit worried about yeah. doing that. Maybe introducing a little bit, or maybe, like, she gets dumped mm-hmm. by, you know, Tony, and then this other, I guess, new superhero teenage boy that's edgy and cool and also a supervillain. Oh, yeah. He, I guess, corrupts her. Mm-hmm. And then she has to. Then again, this 
nah, that doesn't feel good saying that you know a guy comes and corrupts the like the girl doesn't have the power to do yeah. it. Yeah, which that feels weird and very, you know, not to get too feminist on here. <laughs> But it felt weird as I was saying it, so... I mean, there were a lot of feminist vibes in There were lot, lots of too. Fe- feminist vibes in this one. I just... I don't know. It's too... That, that one just felt a little bit too, I guess, anti-feminist. Yeah. But whatever. It's whatever. neither here nor there. Yep. Um, should we talk about another great we feminist should. movie? We Yes, we should talk about another great feminist movie. Yeah. Uh, and also, not even just a great feminist movie, just a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really fun movie. Uh, and I think if I could watch it as many times as I'd want to, this is a horrible setup, but I'd watch it eight times because <laughs> we're talking about Ocean's Eight. <laughs> oh, that was bad. That was a that bad was transition. Bad. I I've done cheesy transitions. That one was just bad. I kind of want to redo it, but you know, I think we should leave if all we this. Keep in. Keep talking about it. It'll make yes, it all better. It will. It'll make it fun. It'll make us seem human because people are listening. To this like, guys, these people are perfect. You know, they have a podcast. It makes sense why they do because they're so good at talking words and sounding good. Yeah. Um, it is how those, that sentence that's exa- is supposed to be. That's exactly what yeah. people say about us all the time. And you know what? This makes us feel humans. Like, oh, my God, I can relate to them. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The, the little listener out there, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ocean's 8. Anyway. Yeah, Ocean's, Ocean's 8. 8. It was very good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It felt like an Ocean's movie it had you know cheesy transitions and yes a good heist and over the top everything mm-hmm. uh i was not blown away or you know it felt like it was lacking something uh to me but i want to hear what your opinion was um well i think what the oceans movies do which is kind of i, I don't know if it's necessarily new or fun mm-hmm. or but, like, what they do is they just have the heist. We're going to do the heist, we're going to get the team together. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to plan the heist, we're going to get the team together, we're going to execute the heist. Yeah. And that's the movie, and throw in a little bit of personal stuff. Yeah. Um. And there's not that much, I guess, of a emotional... Like, the characters don't change that much throughout the story. Yeah. It's about, like, the heist and that, not so much about the characters. Like, there's fun, cool characters you like watching because they're fun to watch. Yeah. But it's not necessarily about the characters. I think that might be a little bit what you're missing if you're going into a movie expecting it to have those movie tropes of character growth and development. No, it was... I think It, it was with the heist... Well... It was mostly that I never felt the moment of, like, how are they going to get away with this? Because, like, in Ocean's Eleven, sure. they get down into the vault, and then you don't know what's going to happen next. You know the police are on their way, and, you know, they've been discovered, but apparently it's part of the plan, and you mm-hmm. don't know how they're getting out. Yeah. Uh, but I never had that sense of, like, stakes with this. Um so, and the after, after the heist part seemed to, like, go on and on. Yeah, I, I think, I agree with you. It felt like they had the heist, and then yeah. rather than having that be the end of the heist, mm-hmm. um, they still had to unload it and to, like, to really get away with it. Yeah. And they did all, and because they had to do all of that, it set up a nice twist. 
Mm-hmm. The fact that they got all the other jewels. I did not see that coming. Yeah. I thought that was a great twist that I was very happy it happened. Yeah. And I guess kind of saved the that part that felt like it was dragging a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when they were uh revealed that it was Anne Hathaway was on their team the whole time. Yeah. Uh which again, another twist I don't know if I saw it coming. Uh but Yeah, it was like for me when I saw all the the yeah. trailers for it, I'm like, Oh, Anne Hathaway is part of this and then during the movie, I'm like, oh, I guess she's not. But well, then she was. But did you think she was part of it from the trailers? I mean, I haven't seen a trailer in a while, but yeah. she was a big name star in this movie, she, so I yeah. assumed she was part of the team. I mean, I, I mean, she she was part of the team, and she was, I guess, the eighth member because they only had seven members on the team. Yeah, I was like, well, wait, there's only seven. Why are they calling it Ocean's Eight? Mm-hmm. Clearly, they were counting Anne Hathaway, who they got on their team which is why i kind of saw it co- that that was coming i guess midway uh i don't know about midway after the heist happened thought that that's what mm-hmm. would have happened but yeah i don't know it's i guess i don't know it's i i i, I was and i agree with you i, th- I thought it might have dragged a little bit long i thought they might have had a little bit too much relationship stuff um, with and it with her and I guess her ex boyfriend yeah. might have been a little bit too much of that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I kind of liked that part because I mean it was you know partly a reference back to Ocean's Eleven. Well, I think the and, reason why it disturbed me was because it was too close to Ocean's Eleven. That ah, like it felt like Ocean's Eleven was he was trying to get at the boyfriend of the girl and this one yeah. just trying to get at the boyfriend yeah. I, I felt like that plot i don't know if it's a plot twist because it was like semi-revealed in the middle mm-hmm. that mini twist was too similar i was like oh they're just redoing oceans 8 or redoing was... oceans 11 just with girls this time yeah. and there was enough twists and differences that made it that definitely made this movie stand out for itself yeah um but there were moments where i thought oh this is too close to you know this doesn't feel new and exciting this feels like more of the same yeah, I think, still exciting, but you know, just more of the same. Yeah, I think what that feeling I was feeling towards Ocean's Eleven of like, how are they gonna pull this off? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I was supposed to feel that towards how are they going to frame the the X? How they're going to get away? Because it felt yeah, because that because that's what I was thought, like in that part, even though it dragged a little bit, it felt like it was yeah, but because it was separate from like the actual, the actual heist, heist part, there. It felt, it felt like... a little disjointed. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I just thought that might have not been perfectly done, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't complain too much. That was good enough. Yeah. But uh, yeah. However, the I think probably the most important thing about this movie is the mm-hmm. cast. Mm-hmm. It was unreal. It was a oh, really, yeah. really good cast. And not to sound too biased, because my cousin uh, Debbie Zane casted it, but just <laughs> uh, <laughs> the cousin Debbie, uh, it it is just top to bottom a great cast, all really good at what they do. Did a great job with this movie. Mm-hmm. It's just Sandra Bullock was, I guess, the perfect successor to uh, George Clooney. Uh, Kate Blanchett was the Brad Pitt. Yeah, like just as cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just like across the board. It was just, it was, it, every, everyone 
was I guess perfectly casted. Mindy Kaling, Rihanna, Aquafina, yeah, um, Anne Hathaway. Who am I forgetting? I should have been counting on my fingers. <laughs> um, probably forgetting. Oh, and of course Sarah Paulson, who was great in oh, this movie too. Yeah, so good. It's yeah, yeah. I think that was, that's all eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's so probably it's close enough. On a scale of one to ten, what would you give this? I mean, <laughs> you're clearly setting me <laughs> up because I know you give the exact same answer, but I'm I'm gonna spike it down because I would probably give this movie an eight. I would too. Yeah, you it's know. it was a very fun movie. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely not the most serious. It's not a tearjerker. Not Mm-mm. probably not gonna win any you know Oscars. Um, but it's just a really fun movie. Definitely worth the. You know, fifteen bucks to get in the theater. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. For all my complaining, I very much enjoyed it. So. Yes. I mean, that's what podcasts are. It's complaining about all the stuff you don't like, and everything else is good things. Yeah. <laughs> and when you really like a movie, it makes it hard to talk about because there's nothing bad to talk about. Yeah. Like our Incredibles, Incredibles discussion. discussion. <laughs> we were just like listening. Well, this happened, and that was fun, and then whatever. Yeah. Now let's get to uh, speaking of movies where you have stuff to complain about. Yeah. Uh, let's get to Jurassic World. Yes. So we just watched this movie earlier today. Yes. Uh, and it just came out, I guess, two days ago. Cause, yeah. Yeah. June 22nd. And uh, you bet Jurassic it was a good movie. <laughs> well, it was a fine movie. You bet Jurassic it was a fine movie. It's Like, I wanted to get the pun out, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. the movie I don't think was good enough to. Are you going to have to bleep that? I think I'm allowed to say ass. Okay. Is ass a believable word? I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna say it a lot. Editor. But also, I said Jurassic. Not true. Your well, I mean, you, ass. You did just say that several times now. Well, no, I did say <laughs> ass a bunch, but that's, I don't think ass is a bad word. I think ass, you know, is a perfectly fine thing to to say. Okay. If Maybe you're not perfectly enough, fine, don't say it around your grandma. Do not say it around your grandma. Um, if you're old enough to watch this movie, you're probably old enough to hear the word, word ass. Yes, definitely. It's a PG-13 movie, and if you're watching PG-13 movies, you probably know what NASA is. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It's someone who assumes. So, Ryan. <laughs> yes. What do you think of this movie? Eh. It was all right. Yeah, it's. I agree. It has a 50% on Rotten Tomato, mm-hmm. and I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, in terms of, I guess, the overall quality, um, it was... It, it was fine you know the cast you know all did their job well mm-hmm. and it had dinosaurs which are cool to watch yeah lots of dinos lots of dinos i really like watching dinos mm-hmm. um but i guess my biggest problem with this movie yeah is that they went smaller or they went too small dinosaurs mm-hmm. are big this is true or so i've heard i don't know i've never actually seen them <laughs> But at least in movies, dinosaurs are big. Mm-hmm. And you would think that in a Jurassic Park or Jurassic World movie, yeah, uh, it would the movie would be just as big as the dinosaurs that live in it. Yeah. And that's definitely you know how I felt when I was watching Jurassic World, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, however, for this movie, I felt like uh, because it couldn't go any bigger than the Indominus. Yeah, I, just, I think I said that right. Yeah, Indominus, Indominus Rex. Rex. 
because they couldn't go any bigger and they couldn't, I guess, open up a park again, they had to, like, bring it smaller. Yeah. Into, I guess, a more contained place. Yeah. Or a house. And mm-hmm. I think an amusement park is a much more fitting playground for dinosaurs than a house. Yeah. Especially because, as you mentioned, these are big dinosaurs. Um, and mm-hmm. they, it seems, spent most of this movie locked in cages. Yeah. Which it does not make for the best cinematic experience. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, for the first, I guess, half of uh, the movie, I mean, they were still on the park or in the yeah. park. Yeah. Um, or the world or whatever the you want to call it. The island. Yeah, they were on Isla Nublar, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing their dinosaur things mm-hmm. running from volcanoes marching marching making the earth flat that was for the record for the record <laughs> listeners that was a Lori berkner joke and if you picked up on that points to you <laughs> um yeah as i was saying mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the beginning they were on the island but it was you know it was kind of quick yeah you know, like they got to the island the island exploded and you know, they either died or were pulled off the island by the evil, you know, dino traders. Yeah. Yeah. They were too big of a fan of Pokemon as kids and wanted to catch them all and mm-hmm. and then sell it to the highest bidder who is most likely Russian. Yeah. Because, you know, all yeah. villains are Russian. Yeah. And they, I mean, and I say that not to be, I guess, prejudice towards russians that's because in the movie the person buying the, yeah it was literally it was the person they kept on going to was just this russian dude yeah which you know what it's good good for him mm-hmm. he probably did very well for himself you know making money going door to door selling you know expensive weapons uh, <laughs> and you know it's you know he he can do what he wants to do but mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it's just, the movie felt kind of small there wasn't too many twists and turns. Like, the point of Jurassic World movies is to not die. Yeah. And, like, they had that, but they spent too much time on either the politics of the dinosaur in the first half or the, I guess, the shady underground stuff of the in the second half. Yeah. So, like, it was fine. There was some cool dinosaur stuff, and, you know, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably I'm, I'm probably not gonna see it again in theaters. Yeah. Um, you know, probably not worth it. I don't think. Like, so. I'd, I'd much rather go and see Incredibles two four, again, four or five more times. Yes, which seems like an exaggeration, but surprisingly, is not. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it's 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 fine. Um. Any any other things you gotta say about it? No. Uh, what do you think so, of? Actually, here's something that we can talk about. Uh-huh. The I guess granddaughter. Oh yeah, we should talk about her because what happened with her mm-hmm. and her backstory is potentially very important to future Jurassic Park movies. More so than all the dinosaurs escaping. Well, that too. Uh, I I think that one's directly more important because that's what the next one's about at yeah. the end of this movie all the dinosaurs escape yeah uh, and, and they run away there's an after credit scene with the the with pterodactyl of, yeah or some flying dinosaur getting yeah it's in uh, vegas. the eiffel tower in vegas yeah so 
that's clearly what the next movie is going to be about. Yeah. Dinosaurs, I guess, getting into the real world. Mm-hmm. That being said, it doesn't seem like that huge of a deal. There wasn't that many dinosaurs. Yeah, they only brought, what, 11 species? They only brought 11 species. 11 species. I was going to say species. Species. Yeah, I'm not Sean Connery. What are you talking about? Yeah, we only saw, like... Yeah. One or two yeah. species where they so had multiples. They're so. Not, so they're not going to repopulate. There's only going to be one T-Rex running around. Yeah. Um, only going to be one blue. Mm-hmm. No more Indo creatures. Yeah. Oh, since you mentioned blue, it very much amuses me that they have to color code dinosaurs so you know which ones are the important raptors and which ones are not. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> the two important ones, the blue is blue and the uh, Indoraptor. Was and, yellow. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah. Why not? Um. Yeah. But I don't know, so so the next movie is gonna be like these dinosaurs getting out into the open. Yeah. But I think what a little bit more interesting mm-hmm. is the fact that um the old dude that I'm forgetting his name. Yeah. The uh, lock. The the not John Hammond the his partner. Yeah. Uh, in crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, who they had a falling out because this dude cloned his daughter who died in a car crash. Yeah. And made a little girl who was a perfectly normal little girl. Or at least it seemed in the movie. Yeah. Like, he seemed like he successfully cloned a human. Yes. Which is a pretty big deal because... That I think is potentially more. It's potentially where they could go with the next. That's an interesting angle that they could have in the next movie, where that's like take the genetic power and change people and change people. Yeah, and then you might get that could either go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. One, it could be like an awesome cure cancer type thing. Yeah. Or it can become like an X Men thing, where <laughs> you know, or I guess it's more of an Inhumans where people are creating yeah. people with powers yeah um but i don't know i don't know that i feel like that was supposed to like really hit me but for some reason it didn't i mean i, I think the movie didn't do a great job of having it hit you because the twist was you could see it from well i could see it from a mile away yeah um and looking back at it, i guess for you um it kind of makes sense but i think that's not necessarily what Jurassic Park Six is going to be about. Mm-hmm. I think that's more the next trilogy. I could see potentially. That. There's going to be another trilogy. It wouldn't. Would it I would be a Jurassic trilogy if it's about dinosaurs and not people, or people and not dinosaurs? Well, potent potentially they can go the well. I, I, I'm thinking that maybe they can go the same route as the as the monkey movies. Oh. As the Planet of the Apes movies, and then that's true. And uh, I guess the cloning humans thing is, I guess, the savior for the humans. Yeah. But now that I mention that, I don't want to necessarily copy the monkey Planet movies. of the Apes, yeah. especially because these movies, and this is another problem with this movie, shouldn't be that serious. Yeah. They just don't do as good of a job as Matt Reeves did on you know the Planet of the Apes movies, and yeah, somehow making these monkeys and apes like a serious 
mm-hmm. thing that you need to take seriously as real characters. Yeah. Versus Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, or less Dra- Jurassic Park, I think, is separate than Jurassic World. Yeah. And it's offshoots. It, it should be fun. Mm-hmm. It just, it should be, like, these dinosaurs should be dinosaurs and not, I guess, developing their own culture. Yeah. Like, they shouldn't be, like, it's cool to have a dinosaur that can listen to you and you can weaponize it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think. I'm also I... worried the next movie's going to get way too political. Because now the yeah. dinosaurs in public, and they're going to be killing them live, and they're going to have more people protesting. Like, oh my god, what is this? There's enough political unrest going on in real life that we don't need. What will probably wouldn't be the biggest political issue. Yeah, you know now, if dinosaurs are running around, um, if if you're if you're going to do something political in a movie. Mm-hmm. Make it something that actually says something important. Yeah, it feels like they're doing political stuff just to do political stuff. Yeah, like they're trying to make it about animal rights, which is, I mean, is important. It is it's important. not the it's, hot it's, button issue right now. I, I I think right now just human rights. Yeah, you know, it's maybe we just let's start with ch- children's rights right now. A little bit more important than animals, and you know, it's, it's you don't need to get into that because yeah. Because this is a fun podcast that we don't need to get into politics. Yeah. Like, I could see if they tried to, like, tie it to, like, climate change or something. But, yeah. I mean, but but again, like, right now, it's like, like, let's just, let's just, not, not, now's not really the time to, I mean, I guess this movie started production before. I mean, yeah, it was, it was started production well before, you know, whatever hot bushing it hot button issue is there when you're listening to this yeah but you know i mean climate change seems like a much more obama issue than uh <laughs> than whatever's happening now so mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah all right I, real quick i yes. think i know why it didn't like why the girl being a clone didn't really affect me is because i assumed they had that technology already like if you can bring dinosaurs back to life and like, yeah. rearrange their dna and make new ones you could probably do it yeah like the, the ability to clone a human is significantly easier i would guess because humans Maybe. are mammals and also alive currently and you can access their you know lots of different versions of their dna and yeah, that's true. People know how to raise humans. You know, well, most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess that makes sense. But I'm thinking, people got mad at you know John Hammond and the old dude in this movie that I still don't remember his name. Oh yeah, I meant to look that up. Yeah, that's okay. It's he can go nameless. He's an old white dude with a beard. Yeah, John Hammond Light. Uh, or maybe John ha- Hammond, I guess, whatever the next level is, because they were mad that those guys were playing God and creating dinosaurs. Yeah. This guy created a human. Yeah. Like, and that's... That, as a moral issue, as is a moral much issue, more interesting. Is much more interesting yeah. than creating a dinosaur. And if that's the movie you want to make, sure, make that movie. I just don't think it fits in the Jurassic world. 
yeah franchise. It's just people go to see fun dinosaur fights, not to see people argue about whether it should be okay to make more humans genetically. Yeah, Benjamin Lockwood. Benjamin Lockwood. Yeah, I'm gonna forget that before this podcast ends. Yeah, but because it's a generic white person name for yep. a generic white person. Yes. So. But yeah, you know, Jurassic Park and World movies are about dinos being dinos, and then people. You know, trying to run away from them. Yeah. And there should be more of that. Yeah. The the diners were very contained in this and the people were also contained and also it was very dark out and not well lit. Yeah, which is tough for three D. Yeah. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have seen it in three D. I agree. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Okay. So now let's get into I guess the bonanza part of our summer movie Bonanza. Yeah. And what we're going to do is, instead of just talking about all the movies that have yet to come out this summer, we're going to uh, do a draft. And we are going to uh, play a game and figure out uh, what movies are going to be the most successful for the rest of the summer. Or at least guess. Yeah. Uh, And how we're going to do this is, I guess, in draft order. Uh, I'm going to go first. Ryan's going to get the next two picks. I'm going to get the next two picks. Serpentine order. All right. That's how that works. Uh, and we're going to do that. We each get five. And then we're going to, I guess, calculate our scores, and we'll check up again at the end of the summer. Uh, and we will, uh, to score this, we're going to multiply uh, the movie's opening weekend domestic box office mm-hmm. by its Rotten Tomato score. At the time of the end of the first weekend? Uh, yeah, I guess at the time of the end. The Rotten Tomato scores don't really change that much after the first weekend. Okay. It may be like one or two points, but that's not. Mm-hmm. If it's that close, then. It's it... probably not that yeah. big of a deal. Um, but yeah. Opening weekend, domestic box office, uh, and Rotten Tomato score. So. So that'll be the metric. Play along at home. Yes. Uh, we will attach lists of each of our draft picks uh, in the show notes. Yes, we will. So follow along there. Yeah, and I think we'll probably, I don't know if we'll actually follow through on this, um, but it'll be fun as, I guess, the summer goes along for all of our podcasts in the show notes. Uh, hopefully, we'll remember to include um, the current scores. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need to cover that on, and we can cover it on the podcast. Whatever. We'll see. They're at the beginning of the game. We're going to test it out, see what happens. It's going to be fun. Yep. So, first things first. I'm the realist. What? First things first, I'm the realist. Oh. That's, yeah. That's, okay, sure. <laughs> what year is it? Who cares? I still make that joke. It's a good one. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Um, all, right. all right. So, Errol, you have the first round I have the pick. first pick. And also, just to clarify, what we're going to do is I'm going to say my pick and explain why I'm picking mm-hmm. this movie at the time I'm going to pick it. Yeah. So, first... Probably not a huge shocker to people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. I'm going with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that comes out uh, on the 6th of July, uh, which is, is going to be a fun movie. Yeah. And I want to see it. Yeah. Marvel's first movie after Infinity Wars. Yes. So it's going to... Um, it takes place before Infinity Wars, mm-hmm. but it the implications of it apply directly to uh, Avengers 4. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. Very exciting. But 
my reasoning of why I picked it, one, it's a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Two people are still obsessed with Marvel movies because Avengers was great. Yeah. Uh, so they're riding on that high. Uh, three, it's the first Marvel movie to have a uh, female character as a title character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and four, it doesn't have that much competition. Yeah. Uh, it, in the following weeks and even the weeks prior, it doesn't have any, I guess, direct competition uh, in the superhero field uh, or really in anything that's much of a challenge, uh, you know, for a couple weeks. Yeah. So I think it's going to have plenty of runway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I, I have a good feeling that it's going to make a lot of money. Um, but actually, that shouldn't affect the opening weekend. So the opening yeah. weekend it's should have enough space from Jurassic uh, world yeah to make to take a stand so that's why i picked number one also it's a marvel movie and marvel movies uh generally to almost always do well critically yeah so so, so you good so like it's bet. a good solid safe bet mm-hmm. ryan so after ant-man and the wasp i feel like there's not a whole lot i mean there are other a couple other big name ones coming out but not a whole lot mm-hmm. else uh at least at that caliber but so my second pick or Mm -hmm. my first pick i guess your first pick the second pick overall yes uh i'm gonna go with christopher robin damn it (laughs) which comes out august 3rd that's a good pick the disney movie obviously featuring christopher robin as an adult uh meeting slash re-meeting all the winnie the pooh characters Mm -hmm. um a movie that the first time I saw the like promo art for it, uh, it looked very depressing, but then I saw the trailer and it looks very fun. Yeah. So I think you know by the time it comes out, you know it's going for a pretty different demographic than most of these other movies, mm-hmm. uh, especially that you get during summer blockbuster season. Yeah. So it's got a good chance of a solid opening weekend, and it feels like the kind of movie that critics would like. Yeah, it's, I mean, the last Winnie the Pooh movie, even if it was an animated movie, I believe that got over 90% on Rotten Tomato. Wow. Um, And that was just, that was an animated movie for little kids. And this movie is very much a little kid movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I also feel like it's a movie that parents will take their kids to go see. Yeah. Um, So that's a really good pick. I was hoping you'd you'd overlook that one, but uh, fine. Yeah. All right, cool. Next pick, number uh, third overall, your second pick. My second pick would be Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. Uh, which pretty much ends the list of big name movies that are coming out uh, for the second half of this summer. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, Mission Impossible movies are popular. It's mm-hmm. already had plenty of advertising. Uh, I know people who are excited to see it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's, you know, its opening weekend is up against Teen Titans Go to the movies. Mm-hmm. So not a whole lot of stiff competition for opening weekend. Uh, and unless there's people who like just saw Skyscraper or something or Equalizer, I feel like its demographic probably hasn't seen anything since Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think so too. That was another good pick. Now, I think there is a pretty significant drop-off from that point. I agree. Which makes it tough for my next pick. 
And the pick, I don't think you'll like. Oh, well, I, I think you will like because either I'm right or you're right. Okay. I think there's a lot of a lot of ten year old boys that love Teen Titans. Really? Yeah, it's. I'm going high on this movie. I find that interesting. I, yeah, and the thing is. I feel like it's a type of movie, mm-hmm. or like at least Teen Titans is a type of movie that would take the TV show and elevate it for the movie. I could so see this being better than the TV show, but yeah, it takes time to build that to like for people to realize, oh, it's actually good. I I mean I don't think it's necessarily going to hit the, I guess, you know. People seeing movies, adults seeing movies by themselves. Yeah. But kids' movies do very well. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't know why. I, I, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you why. But I, I have, I, just, I have a feeling, I have a gut feeling that this movie's gonna. I mean, I, mean... I feel like. I, I feel like from this point forward, there's a lot of movies that it's probably going to be in the around 50 to 60 percent Rotten Tomatoes and um, like 40 million over yeah. the weekend. Like that's I think is what's going to happen. And I just I think Teen Titans Go might have more money or better rating. I think. I don't, I don't know. I, just, I, just, I have a feeling that it's going to be a good movie. And there's a chance it could be a movie that... There's a chance it's just like a movie that only I like. But I don't know. I just have a, I just have a weird feeling that I'm I'm going to go with. Right. And I think there's a, there's enough, enough, I guess, little kids that want to see this movie. Yeah. That are going to go see it. And drag their parents with them. Drag their parents and them. Really hoping that they do it well. Anyway, it's it was, yeah. I, I don't know why, but it's that's, that's what the pick I'm making. All right. So what's your next pick? All right. The next one. Ah, uh, I don't like my list. I ordered all of these movies before. Or I, I I did a, a big board of all these movies and ordered them from what I thought would be the best. I'm just going down and down. I don't... I'm going to go with Mamma Mia. Damn it. Here we go again. Alright. That was going to be my next pick. Yeah. The I'm going with that one, and I think you agree with it. Mm-hmm. It's for a female audience. Again, underserved. Yep. Um. So there's yeah, and they're, they're gonna go see it. And also, it's a sequel to a beloved movie. Yeah. And the music's gonna be fun. And who doesn't love Abba? Exactly. Um. Yeah. It's I just I think people are gonna see it, and I'm a little worried mm-hmm. that it's not gonna do great. Um. Critically. Yeah, that was my main worry about. But it. it's. it's I'm just looking at the other ones, and I just I don't I don't know what 
would necessarily mm-hmm. pass it. All right, Ryan. All right. Well, if you took Mamma Mia, your third and fourth picks, yes. My third pick then would be Skyscraper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The you know the rock movie uh, about him trying to save his family from the world's tallest building, uh, which we just saw a trailer of. Yes. And looked pretty good. I think you know it will probably have a fair amount of you know draw just because it's the rock being badass mm-hmm. uh you know and it's up against hotel transylvania mm-hmm. so i think it'll have a, a decent shot you know it's the it's weekend, a very different audience yeah it's the weekend after ant-man and the wasp which might be a little bit uh is yeah, sucking some of the power still out of that it. much overlap yeah oh Sorry, I just realized something that I might want to do for my pick. Continue, Ryan, continue. Okay. Um, yes. All right, well, then my fourth pick, I'm going to pick Uncle Drew. Damn it! That's what yeah. I just said Google about. <laughs> because also an underserved audience, and yeah. you know, even me, who does not watch basketball, thinks this would be a pretty cool movie. It's going to be a great movie. It has an awesome cast, starring Boston Celtics point guard mm-hmm. uh, Kyrie Irving. And also uh, Lil Ralph Howery and Tiffany Haddish, who is one of the funniest people. Both both of them are some two of the funniest people alive. I'm very excited for this movie. Yeah, I think it's it has potential to do very well critically and also pretty decently at the box office. See, that's what I'm worried about. The critical response? Critically, I could see the humor not necessarily working great critics. True. That's That's what, I guess made me not want to pick it mm-hmm. until late in the first place but then you know i, I guess the african-american audience is just super underserved and they're gonna watch this movie a lot yeah and also me too i'm gonna watch it a lot because <laughs> i love kyrie irving and uh and basketball and yeah all right, well, yeah. you go watch this so. a couple thousand times just so there's a couple extra millions. Yeah, but I'm going to watch it the second weekend so you don't get any points. Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good pick. All right, so you're up. Your final two picks. I'm going with Sicario. Day really? of the Soledado. It's, I, I don't... This is a tough pick because I don't actually know if it's going to make any money. I honestly had not heard of this one until we were in the theater today and I saw the the poster for it. Yeah. It is a sequel to Sicario, which is a movie that came out a couple years ago about drugs and stuff and on the the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh I don't know if it's going to make money because it's definitely more of an artsy film. Yeah. But because of that, I think it's guaranteed to have solid critical response like a, a solid to or i think compared to the other ones available it's going to have above average yeah uh critical response so if it hits average mm-hmm. then or if it hits average box office wise then i think i'm doing well yeah so that okay. that's that's why i'm going with that 
unnecessarily love it, but that's what I'm doing. Um, and then for my uh, final pick, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with... Ooh. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you what I was going to pick. Okay. Um, I was going to pick Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Because both Asian and also women underserved market. Mm-hmm. And this is... It's based on a popular book. Too. Based on a popular book. But I'm going to go with uh, The Black Clansman. Fair enough. The Spike Lee joint. Yeah. Which I didn't have as high on my list before because I thought it's gonna it's a small movie that's going for definitely more made in the indie style, uh, but it's again that African American audience is ridiculously underserved. They always do better than expected, mm-hmm. and I am expecting Spike Lee this movie by Spike Lee to do very well critically. Yeah, um, so I think that's going to give it enough of a boost yeah that's fair that that was one of the ones i was considering too yeah but all right so i get the last pick you get the last pick i get the last pick um i'm going to go with the spy who dumped me yeah the comedy you know spy movie featuring um what's her name mila kunis kate mckinnon yes yeah the two of them who are both fantastic very funny yeah uh, and that one's coming out uh, beginning of August as August well. August 3rd, yes. Yeah. So uh, later in the summer, people you know, who want something action-y or uh, an action comedy probably haven't seen anything a whole lot recently compared to yeah. that time. Uh, and also, it, it, has, it looks like it has potential for a decent critical response. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping on. So we'll we'll see. I'm excited for that movie too. Yeah. Um. All right. So just to recap, my team is Ant Man and the Wasp, mm-hmm. Teen Titans Go, Teen Titans Go, <laughs> <laughs> Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, Sicario Day of the Soldado, and Black Klansman. And I have Christopher Robin, mm-hmm. Mission Impossible Fallout, Skyscraper, Uncle Drew. And the spy who dumped me. Okay. okay. Are there any any that uh, you didn't pick, but you'd like to bring out and mention? Um, I mean, there's a couple that we, that I think deserve note. I think I'd put the first Purge and Slenderman both in I guess the same category as horror movies. Uh huh. That probably gonna do, probably gonna make money because horror movies are relatively cheap to make. Yeah. Um, they're gonna make money, but they don't usually do that well critically. So I was a little bit scared off from that. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry to bother you. Um, I've heard great things about that movie, and I'm actually very excited to see it when it comes out uh, on on uh, June 6th. It stars Lakeith Stanfield, who was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's great in that show, and I'm very excited to see this movie. However, I think it's a little bit too niche of an audience. Yeah, um, like it's. Like, I, I get that the African American community is underserved movies, but I don't think this is one necessarily targeted. Yeah. Towards that audience specifically, it feels a little too artsy. Yeah. Um, 
it feels like it's more towards an artsy crowd rather than an African American crowd. Mm-hmm. Not saying that there's not overlap, but no. I think this is it's probably going to be smaller than yeah. the other. It's not a mass appeal by any stretch. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Uh, Equalizer two. Oh, also add Unfriended to the horror movie thing. Oh yeah. Equalizer two uh, and the Meg are two that uh, are going to be in that. I I think those movies are going to be on on the same level as Skyscraper. Really? Um, I feel like Skyscraper is going to do better just because it's The Rock. Yes, but the Meg has a giant shark. Yeah, but The Rock. Yes, but it also has Jason Statham. Fair. And so I'm not saying yeah. It, like I'm saying it might be on the same level. I'm not sure how The Rock can carry a movie very far away, uh-huh. but that might be a little bit more overseas True. than domestic. And I think again, The Rock's going to carry that. It was a smart pick. Mm-hmm. I am not saying it was a bad pick, but I think the the Meg is probably in that same zone, and the Equalizer too. Probably in the same zone because Denzel. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. That and then what are well what else did we not talk about? I mentioned Crazy Rich Asians, which I didn't pick, but I think that movie's probably going to do well. The Happy Time Murders. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Melissa McCarthy and a bunch of Muppets, in a rated R. Yeah, that movie. Would, I, I'm intrigued about that one. Yeah, that looks like it's going to be a fun movie. I don't know if it's going to make any money. I don't know if it's going to be any good. I says, but. Yeah, I'm gonna see it, and I'm probably gonna have a good time. So, yep. We'll I see. also had uh, Alpha on my yes. list. Alpha, I wanted to save that one for last because after watching the trailer, mm-hmm. you think, "Oh, this is gonna be a bad movie," and you're probably right. <laughs> and it's probably not gonna make any money. Mm-hmm. However, this movie is the origin story of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> like you've heard of origin story for superheroes this is just for the concept of dogs <laughs> yep. and that makes me happy I, I don't necessarily need to see the movie but it's you know yeah if we had, had another not... round or two i wouldn't pick that one as, really as, as a good like feel good movie i could see people yeah that would have been very low on my list i, I don't think that movie's gonna do well critically i don't think the movie's gonna do well financially yeah it's... i could see it doing well critically to be fair, I've only seen one trailer once, but it seems like a kind of it's like it's trying to be the sort of critically acclaimed movie. Yeah, I mean, like I've seen movies like that that's like trying to hit a feel good audience that just don't work at all mm-hmm. and just plummet in the box office and in uh and the critics and yeah. I just I have a bad feeling about that movie. Uh, in terms of both critics and box office stuff. And it may be an enjoyable movie. I'm not saying don't go see it. Um, but I just, my gut feeling is that it's going to be stupid. <laughs> the origin story of dogs. That's like, that's what the movie is. I think that was the selling point. And I get people do like dogs. Yeah. Dogs are fun and fluffy. Yep. You're but, not wrong. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know. All right, um, those were. That was, I guess, our big movies. Those are all the big movies coming out between now and the end of August. So that's the summer. Yep. For you. Um. Yeah. So. Follow along to what we're doing. Keep keep score for us so we don't have to. Um. 
Or I'll just have Ryan do it. That's, that's fine. It's more likely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. All right. Um, make sure to rate us on iTunes and Google Play. And SoundCloud. Don't forget SoundCloud. You can rate people on SoundCloud? Probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Rate us there, too. Leave us a review in all the places. Can you, though? I don't know. I, I never think, thought about I it. I think you can like or, like, you know, star things. Do what you can. Do what you can. Just go to SoundCloud. Click all the buttons, including the subscribe one and the follow and the like and the five stars. Mm-hmm. And do that also on yep. Follow Play. us on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, to get all of our tweets and Facebook posts, which are yep. that, share the updates. That's where we'll be keeping track of the scores. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll be posting those to Facebook and Twitter and stuff. Yep. So, And if we forgot any movies, uh, well, you can pick them in your list. Try to beat us. If you can beat us with five movies that we didn't pick. You can heart things on SoundCloud. You can so. heart things on SoundCloud. Okay. But, you know, actually, here's a challenge to the listeners. If you can pick five movies that we didn't pick and it does better, we will send you a gift. Deal. Um, however, they have to be ones that were not picked. So it follows ones that draft were not rules. Picked, and they have to let us know either through Facebook or through a review on iTunes or SoundCloud, mm-hmm. Google Play. Um, and, and before the movies come out. Before obviously. the movies come out, exactly. So you have to do that before, um, well, before within a couple of days. Yep. Yeah. Right. Cool. Do that. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.